Hey, my name is Lauren Frieder, and my husband Drew and I are lead pastors at Lift Church. We are on the eastern shore of Maryland. We want to thank you so much for joining us today, and we are believing that you will get a lift of encouragement. We're jumping into week three of The Chosen. If you haven't been with us yet, or if this is your very first time here, this is a, a, the third week of an eight-week series. Many people have heard about the, the free TV series that's on a, an app or uh, on YouTube called The Chosen. And many people started asking my wife and I questions on, you know, what's accurate and what's not. And my wife and I decided we were going to get into it so that we could answer it more appropriately. And then we started realizing this is the most bingeable Jesus movie or Jesus show we've ever seen. Most of the time, I have to, I, I'll just be honest, I have to lean in and gr grit my teeth through some of the cheesiness of some Christian media it's getting better you have to admit it's getting better but you know what I'm talking about where like someone's like oh no this movie's fantastic and you go get it and you just like, oh my goodness this is so difficult and, and, and to watch I'm telling you when we started watching the shows I was pumped about it I said, I would love to teach from this, and so welcome to week three of The Chosen. If you didn't watch week three of The Chosen before coming, that's all right, we'll catch you up to speed, but I am pumped because God actually put this message on my heart over a year ago, and I couldn't preach it because we got into the quarantine phase of COVID, and I felt the Lord change gears on me, and I needed to preach about fear, the faith, and the fight, but that's okay. God had the perfect time, and I can't wait to share with you today. So let's get into it, and to, uh, starting with the clip from Chosen Week 3. Watch this. Just leave him alone. Couldn't have waited half an hour, eh? Can we be around today? Uh, these are my other friends, and Joshua again. Shalom, Abigail's friends, and Joshua again. Shalom. Shalom. Can we be around today? I suppose, but I have some work to do. You might have to help. Good. How much longer are you going to stay here? Until it is time for me to go. What's that? Well, I have some work to do here. And some people to meet. And then I will know the right time. You seem nice. Are you dangerous? Hmm. Maybe to some. But no, not to you. And I won't harm anyone. Do you have friends? A few. More to come. Abby says you travel a lot. Do you have a house? My father provides everything I need. Is your father rich? <laughs> Did Abigail tell you to ask me that? No. That is a question for another time. What's your favorite food? Oh, Joshua the Brave speaks. Hmm. I like so many different foods, but I especially love bread. For many reasons. How are those spoons coming along, girls? Good? String. Is it tight? Yep. Almost? Okay. So tell me, do you all know how to pray the Shema? Yes. Oh, I would love to hear it. You lead us. Hear Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord 
Amen. Right? Come on. I love many things about this clip and about this episode that started with just Jesus is uh, in the wilderness and being tempted by Satan. But then very shortly after he's setting up camp and his ministry hasn't quite gone public or begun yet. And the gospel confirms that. But they go a little bit beyond that by suggesting that this little girl, Abigail, I think they called her name. I, I think I'm getting that right. Um, just begins to uh, uh, explore the lands and finds Jesus. And then she brings back Joshua the Brave the next week. Um, and we cut to, a, uh, not the next week, the next day. And we cut to a scene by the third day. She's bringing a crowd of kids. And kids want to be with Jesus. And that's something that we often miss about Jesus' personality is that Jesus was highly relatable with kids, and Jesus loved all the little children. In fact, um, there's many things I love about this clip, how he calls Joshua, who isn't so brave, he calls him Joshua the brave, because our God calls things that are not yet as though they are, and he speaks life into his, he calls Joshua up into his own, and that's another message for another day. I love that Jesus would spend time with kids to look at them in the eyes and not to say, I've got more important things to do and I love that he, he he just cherished and adored kids devotions and I, I, I walked through Jesus's life if you haven't walked through Jesus's life on on his time on earth you should read one of the Gospels I was reading through the Gospel of Matthew and I, I, I became overwhelmingly convinced even surprisingly convinced that Jesus had a children's ministry and for the next um, uh, 23 minutes, I want to convince you and really just kind of teach you how Jesus related with kids and what that teaches us about kids. Seven times throughout Matthew, Jesus interacts with kids. From those seven times, I want to share with you um, six things that Jesus teaches us about kids. So we're going to walk through the book of Matthew and stop at every single time Jesus talks to a child and, 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 and see what we can learn from that. Let's go to the first one, all right? Matthew chapter 9, the Bible says this in Matthew 9, 18. It says, while Jesus was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and he said, my daughter has just died. You want to talk about problems? That's a problem. And he says, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Now, the Bible teaches us that Jesus goes on and he heals that girl. And, and this is what we should know first and foremost. Number one, I hope you're taking notes. I encourage you to open up. If you don't even bring a journal, then open up your, your smart device to a note section. Write this down. Number one, kids have major issues too. Kids have major issues too. It is so easy to look at our own issues it is so easy to look at our own problems. It is so easy to seek our own diagnosis. It is so easy to focus on what's wrong with our coworkers and our neighbors. What's wrong with them? They definitely got a problem, right? It is so easy to look at adult problems and to miss the fact 
the kids have major problems too. This little girl died. There is no more major issue than that. And yet, so often we can overlook the issues as we deal with the business or the busyness of life. Kids get lonely too. Kids get frustrated too. Kids deal with bullying, attacks on their identity. My goodness, in this day and age, attacks on identity isn't just happening on social media for the high schooler and the middle schooler. It's now beginning all the way much younger than that. Kids deal with anxiety too. Do you know in our kids ministry, we can ask for prayer requests and some of them are dealing with anxiety. They're dealing with frustrations and loneliness. They're dealing with all kinds of issues too. And it's just a quick reminder that while we deal with our issues and while we try to become the healthiest us that we can possibly become, uh, Jesus went immediately to the little girl. And the question is, who will go to our kids? Will we be aware and present to go to them too? Will we be mindful enough to stop and to stoop down and to look a child in the eyes and to love on them? To call them Joshua the brave when they're not acting so brave? Come on, to call and speak life into them and to see how God has wired them uniquely and to call it to life. Come on, like a, like a budding flower. It's adults' responsibilities to look down and speak life just as Jesus spoke life into our souls. Amen? So I, I just want to quickly stop and shout out our kids workers right now, our soul youth student leaders right now. Come on, even our security team. So many on our dream team are the unsung heroes that maybe don't even get to hear our cheers right now, but I told them before we started this celebration and this experience to listen for the shouts coming from the auditorium because they're meant for you. Come on, if you serve with our kids, we love you. Come on, if you're a soul youth student leader come on we love you you're doing an important work if you're a teacher or kids worker we love you you're doing an important work and I just want to encourage you, even our security team making sure our kids are safe and sound come on talk about often not applauded we so love anyone who works with kids because kids number one have major issues too and we shouldn't miss that the next chapter Matthew chapter 10 verse 42 it says and Jesus teaches, and if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who are my disciples, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Number two, write this down. Serving kids has eternal rewards. Serving kids has eternal rewards. That term, little ones, when Jesus is talking, is a Greek term, micros. Come on, it's where we get, come on, who's my child of the 80s with me? Micro machines, baby, come on. If you had one, represent right now. Let me hear, who? Oh, no one, just me, just me. I, I wanted to do a manly grunt because back in the 80s, we would have been, Hoo. come on, as our voices hadn't changed yet. Man, micro machines were so amazing. They were just small little machine, automobile machines, and we'd play with them and put them on tracks. I used to collect the mess out of them. That word micros means small, little. It means uh, little of size, little of age, little of rank, or little of influence. Now process that. Jesus said anyone who gives anyone uh, a cup of cold water to someone who's of little rank, of little size, of little influence, surely your blessing will never be forgotten in heaven. 
There are eternal rewards for serving the little ones. This one goes beyond just kids. This also goes to the one society thinks very little of, right? Think about those who work with people that maybe society's going, I don't know about that. I don't have time for that. The Bible says, Jesus says, truly I tell you, if you serve one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, you that person will certainly not lose their reward. Often it doesn't seem glamorous to change diapers or to hold someone else's kid real close in nursery or to think, does God see this and am I even really making a difference? And I want to tell you an emphatic yes. Jesus said, surely your reward has been marked down by the Father in heaven. It will not be forgotten. It will not go uncelebrated. Even if this world, even if this earth forgets to celebrate you right now, God says, I got your celebration ready for you the moment you enter into heaven. Now, we should learn from that. We should celebrate on earth what they celebrate in heaven. Is that not right? And so we should love on some people. So, uh, you, you know, potty breaks don't seem all that important, do they not? But kids got to go to the bathroom, right? And if you're going to teach them about Jesus, you're going to have to take them for a potty break, right? And, and goldfish don't seem all that spiritual, but oh, goldfish are the, the, the crackers of the Lord. Come on, in the children's ministry, every, every children's worker is like, praise the Lord for them. Silly day dancing come on anybody ever got some silly dancing going on just to teach a kid how to worship and to have fun and praise him come on none of that goofy feet none of that silly worshiping goldfish potty breaks or cup of water will ever be forgotten by God there's an eternal reward Jesus said for every last bit of this in fact write this down never Come on, if you're writing this down, I want you to put never in all caps, and if you can, underline that B, circle it and everything. Never will those actions be forgotten by God. Never will you lose that reward. Come on, that's one of the reasons. Did you know Lift Church, every other week we get on a phone call with the teachers and faculty at Glen Avenue Elementary, which is a public school we partner with, and we lead them in prayer and devotion every other week because we just want to bless those who are blessing our kids and never will their reward be missed can i get an amen come on the next time you pass a children's worker today would you please stop and thank them for what they do even if you don't have a kid in kids ministry stop and thank them for what they do and tell them you matter you're doing an amazing work come on do you realize a kids worker is no insignificant compared to me like, many would think, well, if you're not on the stage, you're not doing the big thing. I would argue differently. I would say they're on the stage every single week. They're the unsung heroes who are teaching the next generation why we love our Lord so much. If you agree with that, give me an amen. That's how I feel whether you agree with it or not. Come on. Everyone has a part to play in the kingdom. Number three, let's look at Matthew 14. Skip to Matthew chapter 14. The Bible says, Jesus, as evening approached, the disciples came to Jesus and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late here. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. And Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Now let me ask you a question real quick for the, the, those who have been reading your Bible. Where did they get those five loaves of bread and two fish? John chapter 6, they get, said they got it from a little boy. 
a little boy is about to be used to do a great miracle that the Bible has recorded for us. So number three, Jesus uses kids' offerings. Oh, we can think a kid's offering is insignificant compared to my offering. That what I'm able to give is, is exponentially better. And, and, and maybe my, my praise has even matured or, or my worship or my serve has matured. Can I tell you, the Bible tells us also this, never to despise small beginnings. Oh, I love it when someone young in the faith, when someone young or young in the faith, this applies to you too if you're like, this is all new to me. I don't know if I'm clunky with this. I don't know if I'm doing it right. I'm not sure if my prayer is perfect or not. The Bible says that, come on, the Lord loves to use kids' offerings, those who are young in heart. You don't have to be polished. In fact, don't get polished. Come on. Just give God a passionate praise. Give him your best. Give him the first of your fruits of your income. Give him what he deserves. And the Bible says that Jesus uses it. I remember when I first started tithing. I thought, this ain't moving the needle any bit. I'm a, I, I'm like, I'm a college student. I'm a starving college student. Uh, my tithe equates to about 10 bucks a month. No, actually, I'd really be starving if that was true. But anyway, come on. I was, I was given so very little, I thought, does God even notice? And the, and the resounding answer is yes, he notices everything. In fact, my wife and I were uh, in youth ministry for how long we were in youth ministry for about 16 years we led a youth ministry for 10 years one of the events we would do we would call it the more conference and um, we had about 200 uh, middle and high school students come out in February and we asked them this before the last session before lunch uh, on, on the last day in the morning we would say tonight's gonna be an offering the offering, 0% of it will go to us personally or to our ministries or to the cost of this event. We just want to develop in you the heart of giving. And so we are going to uh, take an offering and 100% of it is going to missions. And can I tell you that 200 middle and high school students would give on average about $2,000. Come on. They would give up their lunch that day just so that they could give something. We put socks on homeless people. People's feet. We delivered multiple girls from sex trafficking. We sponsored multiple students who are in third world countries and they were able to go to school and get their education because 200 kids were able to give an offering. And it might not have sounded like much to you, but I'm telling you, God knows how to use kids' offerings too. Jesus uses kids' offerings in worship too. Don't stop that kid from singing. Come on, I tell our girls all the time, sing that. Come on, we got a number of you starting to submit videos of your kids or, or you post them online. We cherish those because they're like, they're starting to sing the songs we sing at worship, uh, at church. I hear multiple our kids singing. I'm like, sing that, girl. Come on, sing that out. Shout that out. God loves the praises. You know, my wife was a children's pastor for uh, about four or five years and one of the little girls who was just a, a second or third grader in that ministry she began to teach them praise if you haven't learned anything about my wife she's passionately in love with Jesus and she loves to worship the Lord and she taught those kids how to worship the Lord did you know that one of those girls went on to be a worship leader leading young people hundreds of young people into worship each and every week in fact her mama was leading worship on the keyboard this morning come on that was a, a young lady named lauren williamson who just got married last year and so it's so awesome that god will take an infant praise 
and he'll turn it into a beautiful praise that leads many. Amen? And so never despise a kid's offerings because Jesus notices every last one of them. Number four, Matthew chapter 17 says, um, verse 14, At the foot of the mountain a large crowd was waiting for them, and a man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my little son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. And he went on to say, your disciples tried praying over him, but they didn't make a difference. Verse 17, Jesus said, bring the boy here to me. Bring the child here to me. Underline that. Bring the boy here to me. And then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy, and it left him. And from that moment, the boy was well. The Bible says this in Matthew 17, and it also talks about a demon-possessed girl in Matthew chapter 15. That's why there's seven occurrences of talking about children, but I'm only making six points. Because twice, Jesus did this. Number four, kids need parents and leaders who bring them to Jesus. Kids need parents and leaders who bring them to Jesus. Jesus said, bring that boy to me. Come on. He, he, you probably tried doctors. You probably tried medicine. Bring that child to me. I am the one this child needs to get to know. I am the one they need to get to know on a first name basis. Make room in your schedule. Make room in your heart to bring that child to me. You know, I, encourage, I encourage teachers and workers. I know there might be some restrictions, but whenever the Lord provides an opportunity, bring that child to Jesus. Do you know they actually tell you that in public schools, you can't bring up the name of Jesus. You can't bring up faith, but if they bring it up to you, you have permission to bring it's an open door green light you can now talk to them about that and so I used to walk through some of the halls of, of some high schools and and I wouldn't say anything I just love on kids how are you how's it going how's it going I'd say how was Sunday right and they go I went to church ah, <laughs> green light on the word church <laughs> come on tell me more about church tell me what you learned from that right or, or they'd come up hey pastor drew okay come on just opened up a new door come on Teachers, there is, a, the, 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 there is something to being obedient to your setting, but there's also something about being wise as a serpent, but as harmless as a dove, right? Come on. There are opportunities because you know that kid is hurting, and what they really need is not a cliche or a good idea or a tagline. They need to know Jesus. And, and kids need parents and leaders who bring them to Jesus. As a youth pastor, sometimes it would grieve me because I felt like the Lord would reveal something in a young child and, or a middle school or a high schooler. And I'd remember I'd go talk to their parents and I'd go, did you know your child's got a gift? And let me tear with you an opportunity to develop that. Uh, most parents would go, that's awesome. We're going to make that happen. Some parents would go, I don't have time for that. I can't drive out there two times a week. I don't, I, come on, and, and, and I used to want to say, do you want to let the alternative develop your child? Because if you don't take your child to Jesus and let Jesus develop that in them, let the church develop that in them, they're going to let that boy develop it in them. They're going to let that girl, they're going to let that locker room develop it in them, right? Who, who, who do you, they're going to let social media and they're going to let the current TV broadcasting systems develop that in them. Which alternative do you want? Come on. I know it's inconvenient. I know life is busy, but I got to make space 
and get to the place where my child can meet with Jesus. Can I get an amen? I know it's hard while we're on quarantine because kids are not looking at a screen. Well, they watch a screen all day long for YouTube. But it's like, come on, trying to get them to press into worship. Did you know we have something on our website for kids' worship if you go on our kids' page because we want to help you get kids in front of Jesus. Come on. We teach our kids to go to the fridge for food. We teach our kids to go to the hospital for healing. We teach them to go to Amazon for almost anything. Where do you teach them to go for everything? Kids need parents and leaders who teach them to come to Jesus. Come on, parents. It's not my job as the pastor or our youth pastor's job or our kids director's job to make sure that your kids know Jesus. We will help, but God called you to that responsibility. And we can never forget. We can't just drop our kids off at Jesus. We've got to bring them to Jesus. Bring them with you when you tithe and you give your offerings. Let them see that we give this. Bring them with you when you read your Bible. And let them read it along with you or explain it to them. Bring them with you when you worship. Don't turn that junk down and don't hide it all the time. Come on, we need prayer closets. But we also need the next generation to see our prayer in action. Amen? Number four. I'm sorry, number five. Matthew 18, one through three. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in heaven? Come on, this is a good question. Every person wants to know, right? And Jesus called a little child to him and put that child among them. And then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like this little bitty child, then you yourself will never get into the kingdom Number five, kids are our example. Kids are our example. So often I can hear the curses of, of some adults or parents. If you walk through Walmart, if you walk through parking lots, if you listen to the car next to you at the gas station, you hear the curses and the demeaning of kids. They're a burden. They're a nuisance. You're stupid. Come on. Why don't you think? You, you, you know, come, shut your mouth right come on all, all kinds of demeaningness and and yet listen sometimes as christians and i learned this even in quarantine right we can think a child is maybe um a nuisance or 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 my necessary evil in order to get my praise on could somebody take my child so i can get my praise on because i can't praise amongst them and listen let me be very clear our child is not a nuisance our child is our example Children are our example. Three things that Jesus goes on to teach in Matthew 18 from the next three verses. He says in verse 4 that th three things kids teach us. Anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest. Do you know, number one, kids teach us humility. It, how long has it been since you stopped to talk to a kid? <laughs> because... If, if we can't stop to look a kid in their eyes, maybe we need to check our own egos. I'm too important for this. My schedule's too important. I don't bow down to talk to them. I overlook them. In fact, when I walked in this morning, I didn't notice a kid. Hey, listen, no condemnation. My challenge for you is let's notice the kids too. They have a spirit, they have a soul, and they often teach us humility as we look them in the eye and we just start hearing about their experience. Come on, they teach us humility. Verse 5, it goes on. To, oh, actually, about humility, I love that chosen clip. Did you remember how many questions they asked Jesus? 
It was like over and over. Is your daddy rich? <laughs> That's so awesome. Kids are inquisitive, but they're not, uh, they're, not inqu- they're not cynical with their questions. In older age, we can get cynical with our questions. Why didn't you save them? Why didn't you help me out, God? Good one. What were you thinking? Kids ask questions too, but they're inquisitive. Well, what, what happened there? Right? I love the childlike faith of a kid. Number two, in verse five, it says, anyone who welcomes a little child is welcoming me. Number two, kids teach us how to love. You can't give a passive answer to a kid and win over their love. Hey, what's up? Or if you ignore them, you don't win their love. But if you, come on, think about what a kid does when a mommy walks into the room. I talked to one of our daycare workers, and they said, when a mommy walks in to pick them up from daycare, they go, mommy! Come on. They're teaching us how to love. What if we started doing that? Man, what's up? Come on. Come on. Wouldn't church be so fun? Fun if we just, Debbie! What's up, Debbie? Come on. If we just start having that as you do that, as you walk in in the morning, come on. Kids teach us how to love one another. You can't win a child over by going, hey. But when you walk in, uh, one of our little kids, they're like, his name's Jace each Sunday. I'm like, Jace, what's up, man? Come on, show me what you got, right? They teach us how to love and to greet one another. And verse 5, uh, verse 6 tells us the third one they teach us. If you cause one of these little children to, fel- to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck than to cause a child to fall. Number three is this. They teach us authenticity. You better be who you say you are because they're watching. Kids are authentic. They, 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 they live out what they say, and they do what they say. Sometimes we're so careless with our witnesses. We, we don't pay any attention that they're, they're, they're watching what you watch. They're hearing what you say. They're learning They're listening to who you talk about when they aren't there. They're paying attention to how much you drink. They are paying attention to how you handle disagreements. The other day, our kids were about to go to bed, and they said, uh, we're going to bed so you can put your adult shows on. And I was like, hold on. Come back. Let me me have a conversation with you. Let's define what we are watching. (laughs) Because I needed them to know. That we're not ashamed of what we're watching. It just might be uh, not the best content for your eyes. But, it does, but it's okay. In, like, in Jesus' eyes, we've crossed no boundaries. Do you get what I'm saying? We all know when it's just like, they don't need to be watching this stuff. Come on. You, don't plop your kid down in front of uh, Rescue 911. Where are my 80s kids at? Oh, my goodness. Scared the crap out of me. My parents used to watch this show, Rescue 911. And then you, all of a sudden you see this kid my age, like stuck in a flooding drown, a uh, 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 tyrant of water, and, I was, and, and these uh, ambulances going off and helicopters are coming. I'm like, oh my Lord, what's going to happen? Don't worry, that was followed up by um, unsolved mysteries. <laughs> this child could not sleep at night. <laughs> right? They, they teach you how to be authentic. In fact, our, how much are our kids watching? We put together a, a, a footage of some of what our kids have been watching us do at church or around their houses. Watch this. Now you're, you're baptizing me. Oh, get back. 
LiftChurchSBY.com. Um, Amia is here, and I would like you to sign up for LiftChurchSBY.com. This one's one of my favorite letters I ever got. These kids cleaned their room, got 50 bucks, and they gave it to church and said, we're going to do more. I want you to come at church. And I and there's a lot of things for you all to sit in. And I want you to come and see it. And it's a really good one. So I want you to have a good day, and it will be fun at Red Church. Come on, our little girls like to pull out the video camera and record each other doing announcements or acting like my wife or, or me on camera. And, and so many kids are watching you worship and they're watching you give and they're watching you praise and they're watching you go to church and they're watching you get baptized and it's moving their hearts. Come on. I love that about it. Kids are our example. And finally, number six. As we close and, and the band comes up, Matthew 19, it says, one Jesus, uh, it does not say that, it says one day, this is, <laughs> one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and, and pray for them, but the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him, and, but Jesus said, let the children come to me, do not stop them, number six. We need to help kids come to Jesus. We need to help kids come to him. You're like, that's similar to number four. No, let me clarify. Number four was parents bringing kids to Jesus. Number six is clearing away so kids can find Jesus for themselves. We need to help kids. We need to clear the way so that kids can come to Jesus. How can you do that? Well, there's three things that I can think of immediately that you can do. Here's one that is uh, a really important thing about our church, and we are really big on global missions. I was meeting with one of our global uh, missionaries that we invest in, Tom and Bev Brumley. They're from Salisbury, but they've been serving in Haiti over 45 years, and they were in town in Salisbury, and we met. I said, how are things going? Tell me how 
COVID is handle how you're handling COVID and are the schools back open? They school thousands of kids in Christian education because they believe to reach a nation for Christ, they have to start with the children. And so they've been they've been educating children for a long time, and they have thousands of kids, many of which cannot go to school, and most do not get an education beyond like third grade, especially without help. Haiti is one of the most povertyest countries on the um, uh, on our, our hemisphere, and so I asked them how's it going and how are kids' sponsorships going, and they said we're actually losing a big donor who sponsored multiple kids, maybe even a hundred kids. I'm not even sure. They were a business owner and they're retiring, and so you know, reasonably so, they've done it for so long now. But we're we're losing them as a sponsor. I said, what's going to happen to those kids? And they said. We don't know how God's going to make up the difference. And I looked them in the eye. I said, let's let Live Church try to make up some of that difference. And so today, before you leave, we have pictures of kids that you can sponsor. If you haven't thought about a kid's sponsorship, I want to encourage you to choose this one. You know, we've heard about other uh, organizations that do a fantastic job, and most of the time they're 40 to $45 a month. We've participated in those, but we've actually changed our investment into this one because we know Tom and Bev Brumley personally because it's only $20 a month, and so we could, do, we could sponsor more kids for roughly the same amount. And what's cool about them is they're in Haiti. We do multiple missions trips to Haiti. If you ever come on a missions trip with us over there, they do everything possible to connect you eye to eye with the kids you sponsor. My wife and I and our family have sponsored two kids. I've gotten to meet them three times in person, and all three times I FaceTimed my wife and our three girls back home, and they got to communicate. It was clunky. They didn't have much to say to one another. They mostly just looked at the camera at each other like this. But it was really cool that they got to interact with them and see where our giving is going. Can I pull on your hearts just for an awesome faith reason, right? Would you consider grabbing one of the pictures of the children on your way out, and you'll get a pamphlet like this, and one of the hosts right there will tell you how you can send in your first payment. It's only $20 a month. It puts food on the table uh, during school day, and it educates them in Christian education. Would you please consider that? If you're online and you're like, hey, I'd like to participate too, just Look at the chat right now. Even if you're one who doesn't look at the chat, pull up your chat right now. Cache and our online team is going to share with you a link that you can uh, get going with that. If you'll send us a little bit of information, we'll get you going with this sponsorship as well. If you can't figure out any of that chat stuff, just go to liftsby.com slash sponsor. <laughs> slash sponsor. Or it's pinned on our homepage of our website. Please, would you consider that? It's one of the best ways you can give above and beyond your tithe. It makes an eternal reward. Never will that reward go missed by God in heaven, right? Come on, just giving up Starbucks two or three times a week will feed a child and educate them for a month. Come on, consider that. Uh, here's another way you could do it. Sign up for Next Steps and join our dream team. Our dream team uh, serves our kids, loves on our kids, changes diapers, keeps our kids safe and secure. And so that's another way that you can do that. If you're on the dream team, click yes the next time you're asked. If you can help out, it would make a world of difference as we love on our kids. And then finally, you could do this outside of our church. Spend time with a child this week. Look them in the eye and just tell them about Jesus. 
You can sing a song with them, do a goofy dance with them as you pr- sing a worship song with them. You could tell, you could read them a Bible passage. You could Google kids' Bible passage and you'll find one if you don't have a book or get one of their Bibles out and read it to them. You could do this with your kid, with your niece or nephew, with the kid out front. You know, I used to play basketball outside my house and kids would just come and want to play. Part of me is like, you're going to steal my shots. I'm trying to get my reps up. The other part was like, this is an opportunity to invest in a kid the love of Jesus. Let's have some fun and play, and you're going to get to know Jesus a little better as we sweat together. Amen? God, I thank you so much for kids, how they are our example, how they're amazing, God, how you, you don't despise small beginnings in that you're doing something that teaches us something, God. Even in their youth, you're teaching us. Out of the mouth of babes comes great praise, God. And so we we praise you alongside them, and we ask you that you would work on our hearts to look a child in the eye this week and to invest in them. Father, bless all of our kids' workers in our church and throughout our city who love on our kids and educate them and have been going through a very, very difficult year. Even our healthcare workers who take care of kids and their health problems, I pray a blessing on them. Never will you miss the way they treated your children, and I thank you for Most importantly, God, I pray that people know who you are, God, because you teach us and you reveal more of yourself in the child. And so before I leave, I want to read one more scripture again. The Bible said, Jesus said in Matthew 18, 3, unless you turn from your sins and become like a little child, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Come on. I feel like this morning, it's time to let go of trying to fix it ourselves or try to do it ourselves, or try to tell ourselves, I'm not that bad, I'm a good person. The Bible doesn't say you enter into heaven if you're good enough. I used to believe it did, but the Bible is very clear. Unless you turn from your sins, repent of them like a little child, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. It's kind of blunt, but God wants none of us to suffer in eternity in hell. He wants you to spend eternity in paradise and that comes through repenting of our sins and like a little child humbly coming before God come on any of y'all caught your kid doing something bad or you've caught a little kid and they give you one of these things right here how about we posture our heads ourselves like that before God just I'm sorry Lord I didn't get away with anything I need a change of heart so that I don't do it again I ask you to forgive me for the way I've treated you or for the the decisions that I've made, the poor decisions I've made to sin. I repent of my sin right now, and I ask you, God, to come into my heart. Come on, right now, just pray a prayer like that, just in your own soul. You don't have to pray out loud, but you just get right with God. Confess your sin before him. Ask him to forgive you. He will every time online and in person father everybody who's just repented of their sins between you 
and heaven. Father, I pray that there would be no condemnation from this point forward, for they are a new person, that you would protect them, you would set your angels guard around them, so that the voice of the enemy would have no more authority, no more jurisdiction in their soul. You are making them new. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help them walk in your new ways. When it feels different or, 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 or new, remind them that you're with them through every step of the journey. Father, we praise you and we trust you in Jesus' name. And everybody begin to praise what God's been doing today. Come on, give God a shout of praise.